0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, Thursday, April 19th, you can join me, the Detroit Today team, and other WDET listeners at the Hamlin Pub in Shelby Township for smart conversations about politics, policy, news, and the issues that matter most. We're going to be there from 6 to 8 p.m. We'll talk about transportation and infrastructure education, and this year's race for governor. We will also inevitably get to discussion of the 2016 presidential election. Uh, If you listen to the show frequently, you know I am very curious about uh, the decision-making that led to Uh, Donald Trump carrying Macomb County and carrying Michigan in 2016, and I'm very eager to hear from folks who were part of that. uh, Come out and explain what you were thinking about when you voted for Donald Trump, if you did. Uh, Come out and explain what you were thinking about when you were voting for Hillary Clinton in 2016 in Macomb County. Macomb County is sort of a focus nationally of what happened in 2016. And one of the things that we would love to talk about when we are there is that dynamic, how that dynamic played out at a local level uh, in Macomb County. So you lead the conversation on the topics that matter most to you at this event. Come out and see us, have a couple beverages, have a good conversation about local politics and national politics. You can go to wdet.org slash events to learn more. Up front today at last week's final meeting of the Michigan State University Board of Trustees this semester, a Larry Nasser abuse survivor stood during public comments and told the board that interim president John Angler had offered her $250,000 to drop the Nasser issue and leave the university alone. The woman says the meeting happened without her attorney present. Here is Kaylee Lawrence speaking at that meeting. This is audio from WXYZ-TV.
1: When my mom and I stopped in to sign up to speak at this morning's meeting a few weeks ago, we happened to see President Engler. Mr. Engler then looked directly at me and asked... Right now, if I wrote you a check for $250,000, would you take it? My My hope is that maybe if he actually met a survivor, he might become more empathetic to what we're experiencing. (sighs) President Engler then tried to back up his statement saying...
2: your time is up. Your
0: time is up. Thank you very much. Lauren's recounting of that meeting with Engler raises serious issues about how the university and its interim president, who ironically was brought in to straighten out the university's handling of the Nassar scandal, see this issue and see the victims. Is it just about money? Are the women and their well-being really being considered? And Engler, once a master politician, but someone with no experience leading an academic institution, Is he even the right leader for MSU? That's where we begin the conversation this morning. And we want to start with two people who have been following this story very closely from the beginning. Rick Pluta is the Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network. Rick, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Mm -hmm. And Shayna Roth is a Capitol reporter for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Shayna, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. And, of course, we want to hear from you. What did you think of the news Friday uh, that John Engler had tried to offer $250,000 to one of the survivors of the Larry Nassar scandal? What do you think of his handling so far of the scandal at Michigan State University. Is he the right person to be in that role? Is he doing the right things? Was this just part of the negotiations process and something that we shouldn't be exercised over? Or was this the kind of political uh, strong-arming or backroom dealing that John Engler was pretty famous for when he was governor and uh, Senate Majority Leader here in the state of Michigan. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter. And hashtag DetroitToday will work you into the conversation. Shayna, I want to start with you because you were at the meaning uh, last week, uh, put us in the room. Uh, I, I, would, I would love to know what the reactions were from trustees who were sitting there listening to this. Uh, you could hear in the clip uh, the mm-hmm. audience uh, reaction to what, uh, to what Lauren said. Uh, give us a sense of, of how this happened.
3: Yeah, I mean, that clip really captures a lot of the reaction to it. Um, And to kind of set the scene a little bit, that was a a packed room. It was full of of students uh, from their sort of a protest group. The Reclaim MSU group had a presence there. There were lots of reporters. And then there were also quite a few parents who have parents of Nassar survivors, they've kind of formed um, this sort of support group together. And initially, a lot of them were not allowed uh, into the room because it was so packed. And, uh, And eventually the fire marshal was, you know, working some things out and was able to slowly let them in. Uh, but they had these photographs of their of their daughters, and uh, for whatever reason, they were told those are considered signs and you can't bring those in. So while all of this is going on, you had quite a few parents in the back of the room who were holding up uh, photos of their daughters on their phones and pointing them towards the Board of Trustees and uh, Interim President Engler. And even before this, the meeting had started to get rowdy. The Every... Uh, board of trustees meeting since uh, Engler was appointed they've tried really hard to sort of do this these business as usual like you know we do still have things on the agenda we do still have things we need to get through we are a functioning university But as the meeting went on, and this was at maybe the hour, hour and a half point that this happened, Mm -hmm. uh, parents were, you know, people were getting more and more rowdy. They were speaking out during the meeting. Uh, They were yelling at the committee members. They were yelling at Angler. And I mean, when uh, Kaylee Lorenz started saying this happened, I mean, you heard it right there in the clip. People were incensed. They were furious. And the board members were just kind of, I don't know if they were stunned or if they were trying to sort of not have a very big reaction but they mm-hmm. were just kind of watching Kaylee and then as you heard everybody got 3 minutes to speak and he uh, president uh, interim president Angler was willing to cut people off which in this at at this point in in of uh, previous speakers points really just made people more and more upset.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rick, uh, John Engler has shown himself in his short stay as interim president to be the same type of guy he was when he led the state. Uh, It was somewhat effective in leading state government. And depending on who you talk to, uh, the outcomes were either pretty good for Michigan or pretty bad for, for Michigan, but he does seem to be sort of bringing that same style with him to this job, and it doesn't play quite the same. I thought Friday, both the description uh, that Lawrence gave of this, this interaction with uh, John Angler and his reaction to her doing it during the meeting, I thought reflected that pretty 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 boldly.
1: Um, I covered John Engler not just uh, as governor, but before that as the majority leader Mm -hmm. of the state Senate. And this would be a classic vintage uh, Engler performance. Mm -hmm. And I think the message that um, we would take away from this is that... John Engler, just like you remember when he was Governor and he was proposing all kinds of new limits on welfare and things like that, mm-hmm. and you know a, a protesters erected a tent city on the Capitol lawn, and he was just fine, I'll, I'll wait you out." Um, he clearly sees his role at MSU as not necessarily the person to begin the healing, but to set up the requisite. Conditions for MSU to begin to heal, and number one on his list of getting things out of the way is getting this litigation settled. And this would be a classic Engler approach, which is sitting in a room and putting down an offer and and basically challenging whoever else is there to come up with a uh, with a counter offer.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Shana, what, what's interesting about that? To me, and and maybe uh, the, maybe the sort of nexus of the of the disconnect here, I guess, uh, is that the 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 victims and their parents seem to want something very different than mm-hmm. just uh, just a settlement of of this issue, or seem to want something very different even than money. Uh, they they seem mm-hmm. to see this as uh, as a more systemic, institutional. Issue and and it seems as though Angler is not prepared to meet them uh, in a conversation about that.
3: Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Even uh, parents whose daughters didn't go to MSU or are not students there, they were at this meeting, and I spoke to one of those parents, and he said, "You know." There is a problem with the culture at this school. Mm-hmm. You know, this this person should not have been allowed or able to thrive as he did for so many years. And I think that when you talk to the victims, you talk to their parents, uh, while they are engaged in civil litigation, which obviously at the end of the day is likely to come out with some sort of monetary agreement, what they would tell you is, we are here to try and make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody else again, that the culture at MSU, even beyond Nasser, is changed. And we want to hold this school accountable. And if that means going after their pocketbooks, so be it. But at the end of the day, what we really want is a change from the ground up. And pretty much all of them have said we don't want Angler and we do not want this board of trustees here anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rick, and talk. just you know, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say it but but you know knowing how the mind of John Engler or at least John Engler the politician mm-hmm. worked is that what he's saying is we can talk about all of those things but the first thing that we've got to do is establish a number. Right. And 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 again that would be that would just be classic Engler.
0: Right, but but again not not maybe the very first thing on the minds of of, of the victims uh, Rick talk about this board and who they are and how they find themselves sort of uh, trying to find their way through this through this issue I mean this is a, a highly politicized board I think you could probably argue that all three boards uh, that are elected this way uh, are 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 that to some extreme uh, but but sort of place them in in this scandal in terms of uh, how they how they see it and sort of how they they uh, they manage the politics here uh, a, a, as they see them.
1: Well, there I mean, you know these university boards um, and uh, as you pointed out, Michigan State University, University of Michigan, and Wayne State University are all elected. The rest are appointed. Mm-hmm. Although there really is very little difference between. The the, the the board members who are elected and the board members who are appointed hmm. that uh, they are varying degrees of political, but they are all people who are politically connected because you have to know either people at conventions or you know the 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 Governor to get appointed they 're to some degree partisan because they are nominated at partisan conventions or appointed by a governor of one party or the other and they tend to be wealthy that one of their primary functions is that they fundraise um, for the institution and and so those are kind of the common characteristics they're not universal but 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 that's you know sort of typically it they are varying degrees of political but they are all political to a degree and they typically have their jobs not because they came in with a particular vision for the institution but because they were the beneficiaries of whatever the political wave was in the particular election where they ran
0: mm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Rick Pluta, he is the Capitol Bureau Chief at the Michigan Public Radio Network, and Shayna Roth, she's a Capitol reporter for the Michigan Public Radio Network. We are talking about the Larry Nasser scandal and the latest news, which came Friday when one of Nasser's victims stood at the meeting of the Board of Trustees. At Michigan State, and said that John Engler had offered her $250,000 to walk away and leave the university alone in a meeting that did not include her lawyer. We're talking about what the implications of that accusation are, what the implications of that statement are, and what this means for the university going forward. What should they do in response to this? Should John Engler be the interim president at MSU? Uh, Should the University be focusing more on uh, institutional issues and problems, challenges that they have than they are on individuals? Should they be trying to help heal what Larry Nasser so badly wounded as opposed to trying to get a checkbook out to make all of this go away if you want to join the conversation give us a call 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone So 313-577-1019 what do you think should happen at uh, MSU what do you think what should happen with John Angler there Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today we'll work you into the conversation let's go to Chuck in Franklin Chuck welcome to Detroit Today
2: Hi, Stephen, and hi to Rick and Shayna. I have obviously no qualms about anything that Rick and Shayna are saying today, but three times now in today's broadcast, you have said that John Engler offered this this plaintiff uh, $250,000 outside the presence of her lawyer. And I don't read Engler that way at all, not figuratively, not literally. Um, He asked her how much money it would take her to settle. And of course, that's a huge issue right now because there are dozens and dozens of plaintiffs seeking millions of dollars from Michigan State. Mm -hmm. I understand that somebody like you might want Michigan State to act as some sort of healing counselor, but the fact is they're a defendant. They're being sued for millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And I read Engler, frankly, and fairly, I think, as saying to her, you know, there is a money question here, and um, I've got to face dozens and dozens of, of claims just like yours, and I want to know, you know, money-wise, what is it that you want? Right. If, if they want some reform, that's fine. If they want some change at Michigan State, that's fine. But they're plaintiffs. They're suing Michigan State for hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And but I don't char- think Engler really even has authority to make an offer well, he knows better than you and i do yeah that and was going to be part of anytime.
0: my well that was going to be part of my answer to you chuck there is that uh, he is a lawyer uh and and he should know that uh, he has no authority to be doing that H- here's the other thing i mean as a lawyer he should know that that talking with um uh, someone who you're engaged uh, with a legal dispute over um, uh, outside the presence of their lawyer. I mean, th- th- that is not okay, but but I sort of want to go back to the beginning of your of your call here uh, and and what you said. I said what I have said is that Kaylee Lawrence says that John Angler offered her $250,000. I don't know what happened uh, in in that exchange. I don't know. Uh, I've, I wasn't there. Um, and, and so I'm reporting what she stood up uh, at a public meeting and said happened. Uh, and I think some of the details you're talking about do matter uh, there in terms of uh, whether this was appropriate or not. And you're right that this is ultimately uh, partially about money. But I think if you listen to the clip of Kaylee Lawrence talking about this, on Friday. Uh, there's no question that she is in a different space than what John Engler may be in uh, now or, or certainly was in that meeting. And I think the question is, which space is the appropriate space to be in now when you're dealing with victims? Uh, but Chuck, I absolutely appreciate, uh, I absolutely appreciate the call uh, and the question. Uh, Rick and Shayna, I'll ask you what the university's response has been Since this happened, they haven't said very much about it uh, as far as I can see. But again, the questions that Chuck is is asking, I think, are, are, are pretty important in terms of how you respond to this.
3: Yeah, and I'll um I was kind of trying to jump in there to, to get this point across <laughs> is um I did speak with uh MSU spokesperson Emily Grant and she did confirm that there was a meeting uh with Lorenz and her mother. Um you know, she kind of emphasized that this was a meeting that wasn't necessarily planned. Um uh, Lorenz was there kind of to schedule her talking at this Board of Trustees meeting. Mm-hmm. She happened to see Engler. She asked to have this meeting, and they all kind of gathered together. And what she said is, you know, the themes of the meeting that uh, Lorenz commented on are the same, uh, but the interpretation of what everything meant is different from both sides. You know, she wasn't – in the way she interpreted it and in the sort of MSU, the way they're explaining it is this wasn't like a specific – I am offering you250,000 dollars to end this it was sort of a general discussion about the civil litigation and how it was going on
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 again you know classic angler to throw down an invitation to bargain yep you know starting with the number mm-hmm. right
0: right uh, again Chuck uh, I, I really appreciate uh, you listening and I appreciate the call and the question uh, V on Twitter says why wouldn't a public institution of higher learning hire a politician? President, why would a public institution of higher learning uh, hire a politician who insulted public schools while governor and thought the mentally ill would be better off on the streets? Uh, Rick Pluta, there again, questions about Angler's former role and how it sort of shapes him for, for this role. And I think, again, that's sort of the central question here.
1: Look, people who are not happy with John Engler as governor of Michigan, and, and some of these people obviously have long memories, are not happy with the appointment of John Engler as interim president of Michigan State University. That includes a lot of people who are on that campus either as students, faculty, or, or staff, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's safe to say. But uh, he was brought in largely because he is known for getting things done, and he's known for getting things done regardless of whether he hurts feelings or makes people upset or angry, and his attitude has always been, you're not happy now, you'll thank me later. Yeah. Uh,
0: Before I let you go, I want to ask you guys what is – next uh in this uh in this ongoing saga uh this was the last board of trustees uh, meeting but uh, what's next for the board what's next for president Anglar?
3: um well i guess i can kind of start off with uh well, we don't really know exactly what's next for the board. Um, they, the calls for them to resign continue. Um, it does not seem like that's going to be happening, mm-hmm. at least not anytime soon. Um, I spoke with members of the group uh, Resist MSU, and they kind of, you know, agreed that we're going into the summer. They have they feel made a lot of progress in their, sort of their mission, and they are concerned that this, with the summer is going to come a lull in activism, and people are going, they're worried that people are going to forget about all of this that's going on. Uh, So they plan to keep... Uh, fighting to get the board to resign to change the culture of the school um, and I guess, you know, with summer we'll just kind of have to wait and see what happens on that end and I'll...
1: There will talk. be incremental steps toward um, you know, trying to make the campus safer mm-hmm. and yeah. changing the culture on the on on, on the campus. Mm-hmm. The um, bargaining on the civil litigation will continue. Yeah. That That is, I believe that mediation uh, has resumed. Yeah. Let's not forget that there are bills before the legislature and the House and the Senate still need to come to a consensus on what to do, and that will be more sweeping than just at uh, MSU. And one other thing, which is we have two looming vacancies on mm-hmm. uh, the michigan state university board of trustees that's right typically these elections are determined by whatever the prevailing political winds are whether we're looking at a republican wave or a democratic wave i think it's very very possible that we will actually see people paying attention to university board races especially msu yep. and candidates will have to answer the specific question what where do you stand and what would you do to ensure um, campus safety
3: right. and and we cannot forget that the board is doing its search for a permanent president and they will continue to right. be looking for uh, someone to take over engler's spot very soon yeah
0: okay i said that was the last question but i lied <laughs> uh, we're ready <laughs> uh, we've got uh, <laughs> uh i didn't want to go so soon <laughs> right i i, I want to get a, a quick take from both of you on the Democratic convention that happened wow. over the weekend. Uh, the big surprise, of course, was that Dana Nessel uh, bested Pat Miles for the attorney general nomination. Uh, I'd love to hear what, uh, what each of you think about this slate going forward into the fall.
1: Well, first of all, I, I have to say I was not at the convention because uh, I was attending the uh, dinner to induct WDET News Director Jerome Vaughn into the Michigan Journalism Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. Um, however, uh, like a lot of people, I was uh, following events as uh, best I uh, as best I could, and I I, I don't think it was um, a big surprise that we knew that even though months ago it seemed like uh, Patrick Miles was the choice to go in, that uh, you know basically Team Miles got out organized by uh, Team Nestle, that she signed up. Um, a lot of delegates, uh, progressive-minded, yeah. um, got them to show up, and and really, you know, as a newcomer, showed the veterans how to manage a uh, a, a Democratic convention. Yeah. Um, now there's still a lot of healing that needs to be done. We seem to keep returning back to that. One of the reasons Democrats have this early endorsement convention, um, you know, a, a, a half a year before the. Um, before the official nominating convention is to give hard feelings time to settle down. And now the question is what kind of pressure does this put on Gretchen Whitmer mm-hmm. regarding sure. her? ticket? Does she need to find um, ethnic balance by appointing an African American? Does she need to uh, go for gender balance by uh, putting a male in the ticket because it's going to be uh, if Gretchen Whitmer actually wins the nomination, um, but other candidates aren't facing this same question. Um, but it would be Gretchen Whitmer, Jocelyn Benson who got the endorsement for Secretary of State, and Dana Nessel who won. So yeah. if Gretchen Whitmer winds up being the nominee, does she have to do a clean sweep and really make this a historic ticket by making it all female or are there uh, is there a balancing act that needs to uh, needs to occur right
0: right uh Shayna, go ahead.
3: Um, well, I attempted to get there, but my car spun out twice before oh, no. I got to Brighton. So oh, no. I, <laughs> I I, I was a scaredy cat and I drove home, but I was also stalking Twitter and following this very closely from home. And I mean, Rick hit on all of the major points. I think one of the one thing that will be interesting to see and sort of something interesting that came out of this is that Miles had all of the organized labor, or most of the organized yeah. labor. The MEA
1: was with Dana uh, Russell, right. but mm-hmm. other than that, he got most of the big. Yeah.
3: Right. And usually that's a good signal that they will win. And this is, I think, one of the first times in probably a long time where that hasn't happened. Um, so I'll be curious to see, you know, is uh, Dana Nessel able to rally that organized labor support around her? And really, I mean, they, they all seem to leave with the understanding of we are going to rally together. And uh, supporting each other and supporting Democrats was a very big theme throughout the night. It will be very interesting. November is both a long and a short ways away. So it'll be interesting to see if we're able to, if they're able to come together and, and agree that they're going to let bygones be bygones. Yeah.
0: Okay. Rick Pluta, Capital Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network, and Shana Roth, Capital Reporter for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Thank you both, as always, for being here on Detroit Today.
3: Thanks for having us.
0: Up next, we're going to talk about what Paul Ryan's shifting politics mean for his district and Midwestern politics more generally. And don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out. Go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you. Listen when you are ready. We'll be right back on Detroit Today.